Oh, hey, Joe. How you doing, Brian? Doing well, Joe. How are you? I'm great. Oh, my great. gosh. What a great day. It is. Uh, spring has sprung. It has. It's a little chilly, but you can still feel it. It's spring. The May flowers are here because of the April showers. And they are pollinating my face. <laughs> yes, it is. But I will say, yeah, it's pretty chilly out there. Yes. And uh, But hey, you know what? Not complaining. Um, yeah. Going outside and getting getting out and about and doing stuff outside again. That's always a nice feeling. I love spring. Isn't uh, it great? Yeah, oh, it, and it, everything greens up. And oh, it just God, so it good. So vibrant and colorful out. All right. before Okay. I got to hear this. I've been looking forward okay. to this. Uh, Joe does a really great Ted Koppel impression and I've known him for a long time. I love his impressions and I really wanted to, <laughs> I really wanted to hear Ted Koppel on the podcast. So, uh, Joe, if you don't mind, can you just give me some Ted Koppel? Good evening. I'm Ted Koppel. And tonight we're talking real estate and why Joe Stevenson is the best realtor that ever lived. <laughs> As, as so I can hear it like I can is a nightline. I hear it's yeah. like nightline in my mind. Yeah. And uh, uh, the so Ted Koppel. Okay, how would Ted Koppel? Okay, take me through a buyer consultation with Ted Koppel. I'll be buying a house. You be Ted Koppel. Hi, I want to buy a house. All right. How many bedrooms do you need? Um, I'm looking for about three bedrooms. Three bedrooms. How many bathrooms? Um, maybe two bathrooms. You sound unsure. <laughs> Are you really a home buyer? I am. Yes. All right. I am. Yes. I'm looking for maybe something with a two car garage and a finished basement. Is that hard to do? That is not hard for capital to do. <laughs> and what is your budget? Uh, uh, let's see here. Uh, $275,000. Is that just a guess or are you actually pre-approved? <laughs> That is that is a shot in the dark. Do I have to get pre-approved before we do this? Yes. <laughs> I know now that you are an idiot. <laughs> you are. Am I wasting your time? <laughs> you have wasted both of our time. <laughs> and internet wavelength with this interview. <laughs> but Ted Koppel, good Lord. That guy's <laughs> kind of rough. Ted Capital does not mess around when it comes to real estate. <laughs> you know how I envision it? I envision like the buyer's consultation where they sit down and I say, hi. And you say, hello, I'm Ted Koppel. <laughs> oh, oh, this is so amazing. Wow, I'm excited to buy a house. Good evening. I'm Ted Capital. <laughs> it's nine in the morning, Ted. Good evening. That's what I say. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, I say it, Ted. You know, even if like someone's not pre-qualified or pre-approved, I feel like the, you would be a little bit more nicer about like, well, we're not qualified right now because yeah. you want to keep the relationship going for when no, they are. No, qualified. I would, I would, yeah, no, and I'm sure Ted Koppel wouldn't be that sassy as a real estate agent. <laughs> He'd probably be like, well, I'll put you in touch with a lender, then you can get back to me. You know? <laughs> so. I have a list. I have a list of many lenders that you can talk to. <laughs> My colleague, Sam Donaldson, also does mortgages. <laughs> I don't know. No, I, I don't know why that. Yeah. But yeah, that's um, that's like my best impression. Mm -hmm. But it's like 
Okay, what, what does that do other than amuse the two of us? You know? Well, I think there are people over the age of 62 who really will enjoy that impression. <laughs> that is true. That is the demographic that hits with 61-year-olds. <laughs> They're like cut off yeah. right there. Yeah. No, I mean, seriously, like I guess uh, it works for maybe millennials who are maybe closer to my like older millennials or I'm a zenial, I guess. Yeah, I'm the, the cutoff. I was born in 83, so I guess I'm on the cutoff there. But we grew up, uh, I mean, I know my parents watched the nightly news and i remember seeing ted koppel i remember snl more famously i remember snl making fun of him or that person doing um daryl hammond who did the thing on snl i I think so you know ted had such staying power i think several actors did him i I remember one night uh, tom hanks was guest hosting and i think played he did koppel really uh you know what I'm second guessing myself. I can't remember if it was Peter Jennings or Ted Koppel. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. I enjoy that uh, impression that you do. And it's always, always cracks me up because yeah. it's just, yeah, it's very specific. Don't hear many people do Koppel. No. And I discovered it by accident. I, I can't, I think it was like doing an improv scene. I'm like, this guy kind of sounds like Koppel. I'll go with it. You know? Nice. Yeah. yeah well, we'll have to do a segment where Joe does characters trying to do sell houses <laughs> or consult home buyers or home sellers. <laughs> this- the, the impressions are going to get progressively worse. Episode 10 is going to be, this is Jack Nicholson. <laughs> I'm selling it. That doesn't sound anything yeah. like Nicholson. Well, it helps that you say who it is right before <laughs> yeah. you do the impression. Nicholson? I thought it was just a anemic old man. <laughs> the, um, the gosh, the, I do enjoy like the idea, like, uh, like imagining Ted Koppel, like trying to negotiate with, a. Uh, or Ted Koppel, like trying to talk back to the uh, person who, who like uh, inspects the house. <laughs> it's like something like that's not a problem. <laughs> that is a that is a funny thing. Like when um, somebody's doing an impression of somebody like out of their element, like, yeah, Ted Koppel in a home inspection. Are you sure that's code? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we should bring in an engineer. Hey. I feel like that outlet should be grounded. Mm. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's not tempered glass. So I guess if you ever get a home consultation, a home seller, home buyer consultation, Joe, make sure he does the Ted Koppel impression uh, while he's doing it. You get that for free. Yeah. That's yeah. included yeah. in the package, the Joe to realtor package. My volume might not be as high as some other agents, but I can do, um, uh, great impressions of retired news anchors. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's like uh, from that movie, This is Spinal Tap, where they were like, it was that Rob Reiner was introducing it. He goes, yeah, they are England's loudest band. <laughs> <laughs> I might have the volume, but I'm the loudest guy. <laughs> so now speaking of the Kansas City real estate market, you know, things are happening getting kind of weird out there because, uh, you know, interest rates and mortgages still historically Mm -hmm. low, but not the, you know, interest rates that we've been accustomed to the last few years. Those are getting a little higher out there. And I've been looking around, looking at the prices and I get, you know, I subscribe to the realtor.com, realtor.com kind of alerts about homes that around Mm -hmm. the area. And they like to send out things that decrease in price, increase in price, stuff like that. And I, I've noticed a little bit more of the decrease side. Uh, and this is talking not just Kansas City. I subscribe to like the Denver area mm. and other areas around like uh, kind of popular areas that because, you know, just for various reasons. Uh, so can you talk to me a little bit about like what's the Kansas City market? Is it cooling off or is it what's going off here? Well, tell me about that. I think it's I'm not an economist, uh, but um, I think it's kind of leveling off. Um 
It, it does appear there's a little less activity. Um, I've had fewer inquiries at my new homes subdivision. Um, still getting them, you know, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. had a showing out there today. Uh, but um, yeah, I, I think people are just kind of waiting a second and like, okay, what what does this interest rate increase actually mean for my monthly payment for exactly, my budget? Yeah, and yeah, and so and and prices haven't come off their highs too much. But I am noticing a house here or there. This is completely anecdotal. I yeah, we're eyeballing. Yeah. We are eyeballing this. Um, so, yeah, don't think that we are. This is just eyeballs. So, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry, go ahead, Joe. No. Um, but uh, anyway, um, th- this is exact science that the National Association of Realtors <laughs> calibrates. We've their ran data this through yeah. so many algorithms. No, no. The, the, this cens- is- the Census Bureau is like, yeah, that checks out. Um, <laughs> Joe's gut says. Yeah, yeah. No, this is no, gut no, reactions. This is, this is me looking at the MLS this morning. Um Inventory is still a little low, but as I kind of clicked through active listings in Johnson County, um, I noticed a few that had been on the market like three or four days. And that's kind of actually normal, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, in a normal market, you know, I mean, a few years ago, it was awesome if you sold a home in 21 days. Right. Yeah. This is just different times right now. So. You know, it's to the point where I still wouldn't be like scared if my house was on the market after a week, you know, but, um, but if it still, this is still a market where I'd say maybe after two weeks, you might want to reassess, but, um, I uh, see, I yeah. see. Well, I was looking at, um, yeah, some calculators online because I like to keep track of where the interest rates are. And whenever my income changes, I like to see like, well, okay, so if I, here's the goal for the next two years or three years of what my income is going to be, what I expect it to be. I, if I want to change a house into a different, uh, a different house, because my family's you know, getting old, we're getting older and, you know, space is getting a little smaller. Uh, what can I afford? And I'm checking that out. And I realized like this interest rate definitely has changed a lot of like, uh, what was like, you know, when I was under 3% of what I was able to afford and I saw what it yep. was like, Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. And then those same numbers, what the monthly payment is, it is uh, substantially higher. I would say noticeably to substantially higher for what my monthly, according to these online calculators that I use. Yeah. And that, that to me signals, again, we're not a con or I'm eyeballing this, but I'm just taking how I would do this. That signals to me like, well, that's going, I'm going to want to settle for a house for, for this monthly payment at a lower level because I'm more accustomed to, I, I can absorb this kind of monthly payment. Yeah. And that's forcing me to think, okay, well, the number was this much. Now it's down whether it be like 40, 50, 60, whatever it is. And I'm having that. That's making me think right now, like, okay, well, when do I want to pull the trigger on this? If I want to do that, what is my situation and how do I handle that? But I keep on asking myself these questions and I keep on checking daily. So I'm aware of that whenever it comes time for it. Yeah. um, No, that that's kind of, that's a good way to do it. You know, check it daily, see how volatile it is. See if it's moving one direction or another. Um, if you've been watching it for two weeks and it starts to creep up, it's like, well, okay, maybe now's the time or creep down, you know, the other way. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, like you bought this house five years ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, like, would it still be in your budget today if you were looking at houses today? Um, with what it is listed for, like uh, appraised, uh, uh, online appraised for, or what I paid for it five years ago? Uh, no, what, what it is now, like. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, gosh. Um, 
You know what? No, this what that what it's appraised for right now, according yeah. to online appraisals, not official appraisals. It would be as I was actually allowed this level of lending. They yeah. said you can, get, you can get this high of what it is now, and I remember thinking, well, there's no way I'm going that high. That would be irresponsible yeah. of me to yeah. I won't take that much mortgage out because that would be what's that term like house rich cash poor. Yeah, I have yeah. a lot of big, I have a beautiful, nice big house, but I don't have any money to spend on anything else. Yeah, I yeah. don't want that. Um, but yeah, I'm at the point, I'm at the top level of what my uh, mortgage limit would have been. Uh, but for what it is going for now, um, but yeah, that was five years ago. So obviously yeah. things have changed now. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's bizarre to me. <laughs> like, wow, that is really, it, it, and you said it last week too. <clears throat> We're like, yeah, it's great. You can sell it now and get your cash, but that would roll into another house. It's a down yeah. payment, which would yeah. absorb into their, uh, their price, all the prices, they have all gone up. So I'd have to, like, it all just kind of even, stays kind of even unless I go with the idea of moving into a two bedroom yeah. apartment um, in the college college yeah. area here in KU. Put, put your proceeds in Pokemon NFTs. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So buy some NFTs. Yeah. Which this is not good advice. Not no, a good no, idea. No. We just just in case you're following along and taking uh, um, somebody out there is writing down Pokemon NFTs, you know. Yeah. Like, yes. Now backtrack to just before we said that. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, it's I mean, I I feel like, uh, you know, it's a moving target. And Mm -hmm. I think at the end of the day, I don't know, Joe, what do you think of I'm going to say something you react to this. Like, it really is what you personally feel, what you want, because my house, like it can cost what it costs, what it costs. At the end of the day, I'm living here every day. It's my life experience. Yep. It's my family. I want them to have nice space and we want to live, uh, live the life we want to live in a, a spot here. It's like, I don't think of it as some investment, but I need to know what, where the money's at yes. so yeah. I can accomplish what I need to accomplish. Yeah. Um, though that's a great way to look at it. And I, I think the, one of the best ways to look at it because, you know, um, as quickly as house prices went up, you know, what goes up, I mean, I guess must not doesn't necessarily have to come down. You can't predict just, the future, yeah, but I mean, it stands yeah. to reason just looking at it as like, yeah, this really went up fast and yeah. something the stocks correct all the time. Yeah. Stock things correct all the time. But, and I don't see why it couldn't happen here either. Quite but say you bought a $300,000 house and had to sell it five years later. And by, for whatever reason, economic, whatever it's two seventy five. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. That's a bummer, you know, but still, you're getting some equity back. You're getting something back in, as opposed to renting. And two, you had the utility of the house that you got to use it for five years. You know, what's what's that worth to you? You know, um, it was what you wanted. It it was a great place to live. You enjoyed it. You know, um, that is worth something. So, um, you know, it, it not all is lost if you're, you know, I mean, if that house you lived in it five years and somehow it was worth like 85 grand. You know, mm-hmm. but I would be like, you, uh, I'm not going to say put the keys in the mailbox and walk away, but <laughs> <laughs> I could see why you'd be tempted. <laughs> I see. Yeah. yeah. It, it's, um, don't do that by the way. You ruin your credit so bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't, that's a terrible idea. Let's yeah. figure it out. Maybe hire a real estate agent, a realtor yeah. who can maybe like guide you through what needs to happen to make everything work out well. But yeah, that, I mean, yeah, you can drive yourself mad thinking about like the numbers when it comes yeah. to all the stuff, and it's important to know the numbers. But at the end of the day, um, as a primary residence, now if I'm in if I'm in property investments and if I'm yeah. flipping houses, and that's yeah. that's its own thing. This is a I'm I'm speaking from the perspective of a primary residence person. Yeah. So yeah, it, it's like 
utility, what we want. I mean, yeah, I, I, if I bought my house and if something like in 2007 happened where we went underwater, it's like, well, look, uh, still employed and the, the mortgage payment's the same because I got like a 30 year fixed in conventional. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's not going anywhere. I didn't have like a, those adjustable things. I, I had a, it's locked in. So yeah, my prices went down kind of stinks, but I still have my house. And I, and I would imagine, I mean, everyone was going, it was rough back then, but I would, it, it's hard, easy to say like mm-hmm. uh, it's going to rebound, but uh, you know, we didn't know what was going on back then. If anything is going to happen, but it seems like long-term, if you look at the long-term scales, like it tends to, Tick upwards. It does. Um, all of the charts and graphs I've seen of home values, um, it yeah, it's it's a pretty safe bet long term. Um, you know, <laughs> there's people who like they're kind of aging out of their homes that like bought their homes in like the late '60s or '70s and like paid them off 20 years ago, and it's like, yeah, that that's nothing but equity and mm. appreciation there. All right. And, and I mean, unless they did something ridiculous, like I don't know, I can't even think of something that would like harm the value that much. I guess maybe if they um, volunteered to store nuclear waste in their attic, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, but, you, know, you know who would do that? Who's a Ted Koppel bring in more depleted uranium. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I like it. Capital like yes. it keeps the flies away. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it, it keeps the mosquitoes yeah. and flies. By the way, I can use my porch. <laughs> nuclear waste is not a good insecticide. <laughs> this episode has a lot of disclaimers. Yeah, a lot of disclaimers in this episode. Yeah. Yeah. It does. Yeah, that's not that is not actually Ted Koppel. By no, the way, that is not it. Ted. Ted does not endorse our real estate services, <laughs> though he. I'd like to think he would if he tried them. Yes. You know, if he got to know us, yeah, I think if he hung out with us for a day, he he would come around. If somebody knows Koppel, my number's on the website. <laughs> yeah, check out the ksrealtyagent.com. Number's there. If you know Koppel, we, we, we want him. Mm-hmm. Get him on the show. We'd love to interview him. You know what? Maybe he wants to be interviewed for once. I bet he has a nice house. I bet You know what? I bet you he does. I bet it's got like all sorts of pictures of him, like, you know, um, at... at world news events i don't know like helicopters flying off into the distance behind him um you know like shaking world leaders hands it's like why didn't you punch castro when you had the chance (laughs) couple that's not how yeah that's not how couple he made me a delicious monte cristo (laughs) (laughs) um so, okay, so back on the kind of market trends thing, though, is there anything around like the metro area where you're noticing like more or less like from the Met from Overland Park to Lenexa, Shawnee, Gardner, any one of these areas? Does it all kind of follow each other? Or is there one spot that's hotter or cooler than others? Like, is there a way to even look at that or tell me about that? Very generally speaking, um, the like if things are slowing down, they kind of tend to slow down at the um, outlying areas and the edges of the metro first and then kind of work their way in. And so in an area like Gardner, where I do a lot of work with my new homes community, Tuscan Farm, um, the uh, I have started to see nothing like scary, but it's like, oh, wow, that house is on the market four days, you know, um, <clears throat> which, again, is still, you know, over the last 20 years. 
that's still good. Yeah. You know, that, um, that's the thing, right? We're looking from a scope of what has been happening recently versus over 20 years. If you would have had a four day situation in 2010, I'm sure mm-hmm. you would have been excited like to sell a house within a week or four yeah, days. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, th- this has, this has just been a very historically strange and excessively hot seller's market. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, Again, I think I've said it before. I, th- I think it's just low inventory is driving that. You know, it, it is still low today. Um, and um, I'm starting to think if it, you know, as the year goes on, it's like usually at the beginning of the year, we see people who are sitting on the fence during the holidays and stuff bring a lot of stuff on in January and February. Then there's kind of another pop when things start to warm up weather wise in March. Um, but it's just stayed consistently like the number when I just go into the multiple listing service and click on active before I set any other criteria, Metro wide, the inventory is still below 3000. You know what I think it is? What's that? I think it's, so let's say you buy your house in the early two thousands or maybe 2010, early 2010s, mm-hmm. I mean, even heck, even like 20, somewhere in there and you buy your house and that was your like home that you want to stay. Maybe you envision someday of like uh, moving around the Metro area or moving out, but you bought it at probably, I don't know what the interest rates were, but they probably all, I think I predict that a lot of refinancing was going on. Oh, there was a ton. A lot yeah. of refinancing getting down. Cause that, that number t- seems like a bottom out, like around the 2.75, 2.8. I, I yeah. looked, I swear I saw some numbers that were around that area. And they're like, look, uh, we refinanced it down. Our monthly payment is now like way lower than what it was before. We got some, maybe they did a cash out refi. Like, look, our number, like to live where we are now, the monthly payments and we like our house, you know, they, they're probably like locked in. Like, look, we yeah. love where we live and the numbers is really reasonable. So we're going to stick yeah. around here because the jobs are here. Our jobs are here and everything and our kids are here. So let's just keep it that going that way. So that's maybe, true. Yeah. Maybe that's one. That's just one idea. I don't know. Yeah. No, what you're saying makes a lot of sense. Yeah. The, a low interest rate um, could, you know, it could get you more house than you were expecting. And maybe you, don't have to make that move up after all you thought oh in my adult life i'll have four houses but no i found it by the third or whatever mm-hmm. you know so yeah um no that 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 rings true that makes a lot of sense i guess that dovetails nicely into new homes now new yes. construction home because if the inventory is low and people aren't reselling i guess the next thing is like well we got to build new ones that is true that is one solution to inventory is yeah to build new homes and that um that gets us a lot of home buyers, people who uh, couldn't find what they wanted out in the open resale market. But tell me this, though, the new homes I find, like they tend to be pretty higher priced, though. Is that fair to say? They do. Um, it's like, yes. Now, they're, they're, um, we do still have to kind of keep it in line a little bit with mm-hmm. resale homes because sometimes that's all appraisers have to go off of for comps. Okay. But, um, but generally speaking, yes. Um, it's it's a weird thing like feature for feature square foot per square foot a new home will get more uh, money than a, a resale just like a new car would <clears throat> okay um but it's 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 the, that's where the analogy kind of stops because a car depreciates so fast and a home does not yeah i mean the idea of reselling my home my car what is, i mean I, I assume i'll never make money off of my car my car but the job of my car is to get my get, get my family and i around safely <laughs> 
Um, not unless you get like super famous in the next month. And they're like, <laughs> Hey, this car belonged to Brian Reynolds. That's Ted Koppel's car. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Koppel just buys a car, drives it for a week, and flips it on eBay. <laughs> that's how we do it. Yeah. And that's why that Toyota Tercel went for 90 grand. <laughs> yeah. The only cars that I see that actually like retain value are like those fancy old cars from like the 50s and 60s, by the way. You're a car guy, so you probably yeah. know way better than that. I don't know if there's anything modern that does that, but who knows? Well, um, to, not to, uh, I mean, I hope we can, can I mention a car auction website or would we get sure. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. I don't care. Carsandbids.com. Mm-hmm. There's a, it's run by a guy named Doug DeMiro and there's cars that, you know, 10 years ago, even five years ago would have depreciated in value. Now they, they've got like kitchen camp value that like, um, you know, stuff, stuff that wasn't necessarily exotic, but they didn't make many of, mm-hmm. um, things that, now have gotten rare because uh, people have trashed them. But a good example, like you're not, you could still pick up an affordable Pontiac Aztec, mm-hmm. but like when Walter White drove one in Breaking Bad, oh, and now that they're super yeah. rare, and kind of the fact that they were hated when they were new kind of gives them like a kitschy okay. value. All right. It's ironically cool. Yeah, yeah exactly. And then stuff like, um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, Sports cars with manual transmissions have gotten rare. Okay. And enthusiasts love those. It used to be like used car lots would not even give a second look to cars with manual transmissions because they were declining in popularity. But now, um, like the older Ferraris and stuff where there was that kind of crossover where they were putting the, I guess Ferrari calls them the semi-automatic gearbox with the paddle shifters and stuff. When there were models available with both, like the F three fifty five, I think was one of them. The manual transmission ones sell for much, much more now. Oh, really? Okay. So yeah, yeah. I can't remember where I was going. Oh, um, yeah. Uh, so st- there's like a class of cars, you know, like old Nissan Zs. Maybe not so much Miatas; those were pretty abundant. But um, um, German sedans with manual transmissions from the late nineties, you know, like, mm-hmm. okay. So yeah. I guess the, arti- what we're trying to articulate here as well is like, okay, so cars can retain, but they have yeah. to, it's a very unique situation yeah. as opposed to a house, which uh, they go by square footage and new homes. Like, I think one of the advantages about like a new home, when I think about it is tell me if I'm wrong, like you can pick your own, can you, can you pick like your own yes. like features and stuff? And yes. What uh, else is fancy about that? Yeah. So, um, there are some caveats, but it, and it's got, unfortunately it's gotten a little harder for builders to do as many custom features as they could because their vendors are busy and it's hard to get pricing and it, it, you can do it, but just be prepared for it to take a long time. And this sounds ridiculous, but just for the builder to like bid out what it'll cost to add that, um, you know, simple things like adding bookshelves to a room, that's not such a big deal, but, um, <clears throat> You know, um, uh, rearrange, you know, reorienting, reorienting like where your tub and shower are in your, your, uh, master bathroom, you know, he's got to rebid his linear feet on his tile and his countertops. And and so it can be done and we don't want to discourage people from doing it, but, um, it, it takes a while because these vendors are busy and it takes them a while to 
to see what's in stock and things like that. So you ever see that show Silicon Valley? Yes. Or a big head. <laughs> he thought the pool was too far away. <laughs> he, he paid him to move the pool <laughs> 10 feet closer and then realized that was too close. He moved it back 10 feet. <laughs> and the guy goes, his, his money manager, like, do you like being rich? He's like, Oh yeah, it's great. Okay. First, my first advice, <laughs> stop moving the pool. Yeah. yeah yeah if you have a pool just just leave it where it's at (laughs) just get an extra flagstone for your just walk out there but uh um, so okay so speaking of new homes uh um so what is the process like to building a new home like take me through that so i'll start at at the very beginning um and that is picking out a floor plan and the home site that you want and then Sometimes you've picked out a community and there's two, maybe say two floor plans you're deciding between or something like that. And you're not quite ready to go to contract in my community. You can reserve a lot for, um, for a few weeks. You know, I, I think we officially say two weeks, but you know, if you're cool, we'll let you slide and let you reserve it for four. <laughs> if you're cool. Yeah. Cool? If we like you. No, we're cool. Okay. You're cool. We're cool. Yeah. Yeah. If I like your face, you know, <laughs> um, so and that gives you time to meet with the builder and maybe go over some of that stuff where um, you're talking about that could cost extra. Now, um, before I get too far off of that, but simple things like if you were changing wall colors, countertop colors, you know, hardware, that that is that's kind of a given. You can pick that out and it's not too hard to change. Um, but the the more the builder has to move around, the more. It costs and the harder it is, but um, this house is two levels. I want four levels. That's yeah, going to be a little bit more. Um, it is. It is. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and that's if the city approves a four-story house. <laughs> you know, they may say something like, "Yeah, residential um, homes can only be like three stories," which that's pretty rare. But I remember when I was a kid, I thought the three-story house was like the coolest thing ever. You know, it's like we're so high up. (laughs) I like how in my, my house here, like uh, front facing, it looks two story, but we look out the backside because the, uh, the, the, like the hill is kind of steep from my front door to my back door. You walk out back and I'm mowing. I I see it. Like I see the basement level, the main level and the upper level. I'm like, that is a tall house. Yeah. (laughs) The basement exposed like that. Yeah. But um, anyway, um, so get everything sorted out. The builder will make a price breakdown of every option you're putting in the home, plus the base price of the house, plus the lot. So you have your total price. And at that point, you can kind of look at that price breakdown. And if it exceeds your budget, well, then you can kind of strike something off of there that you don't necessarily need. Like, I don't know, a a water slide. (laughs) I'm being silly. I haven't had anybody ask for a water slide yet. That'd be cool. That'd be so cool. Yeah. I want one. No, I want one of those. If I have a water slide in my house, I've made it. <laughs> That's uh, making it nowadays. Couple will come over. <laughs> I heard you had a water slide. <laughs> <laughs> I brought my trunks and a white claw. <laughs> <laughs> I heard the news. <laughs> you have a water slide. Yeah. Um, so from there, you'll go to contract and um, you'll put down a p- deposit. My builder requires 5%, which is actually relatively low. I've heard builders require up to 10 or 15% in some cases. Yeah, I've heard, uh, is that you can, is that thing you can finance with like your, if like you see get approved for a conventional loan, like is that, or is it like you have to bring that cash with you kind of thing? You have to put it, that's your, 
That's your deposit that says, I'm not going to walk away while the builder's building this. Okay. So that's like out of your own pocket. Yep. Okay. So so if you're building a home, you do have to have some cash on hand. Yeah. Yeah. If you're building a $400,000 home, check my math, but that would be $20,000 due at contract time uh, to the builder. And that's something his bank requires for him to pull a construction loan. They're like, okay, well, does this builder have some skin or this buyer have some skin in the game? Do you have something if they walk away? Mm -hmm. This is very expensive for all of us. We got to make sure you're not just like playing a prank on us for our YouTube channel where you screw over builders. Yeah. (laughs) It's a prank, man. (laughs) Good luck with your $40,000. Why are Jamie Kennedy and, and Ashton Kutcher going into wow, a house? What a reference <laughs> yeah. that is. That is old. That's Zennial older millennial <laughs> yeah. reference right there. Yeah. yeah if you're a YouTuber, you're a Gen Z or listening to this, you'd have no idea who that is. <laughs> there was a whole season where the Jamie Kennedy experiment, where, where all he did was walk away from new homes deals. Yeah. No. Um, How terrible. Yeah. He, <laughs> cringe. Oh, yeah, God. Yeah. Um, so, but now. Think of it this way. When you're closing on your loan, most people put about 5% down, mm-hmm. sometimes more. So when you close on your loan, you do get that deposit back to flip to your down payment okay. if you want. Okay. All so, right. So it's not. Okay. Yeah. So it's just, it's a deposit. Yeah. Got it. Now it is in the in the new construction world. That is a non-refundable deposit. Yeah. So you better be sure. And <laughs> yeah, you better listen to whenever that's spoken to you and then when it's in the paperwork that I assume one signs whenever yeah. they do that. You better read that. Yes. And so um, and honestly, if you're buying a four hundred thousand dollar home, which is kind of low in the new construction world these days, and you're putting twenty thousand dollars down, honestly, the builder may have permits are so expensive. The builder may have spent that deposit by the time the house is permitted. And so even if you back out then and he wants to make you whole, he's like, I, I'm sorry, you're I think I've heard permits cost upward of twenty three thousand dollars. Dear um, Lord, there's hooking into water mains. There's the electrical mains that, you know, it it's expensive to permit a house. Yeah. Sounds like technology can disrupt that. Make it cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I you know, that that could be an interesting topic. I could do a deep dive in what it, all that goes into. I but, would like uh, to know about that. Yeah. That is actually quite fascinating. I want to know about know more about that. But um once the, he has the permits, uh, then the builder can break ground. And and what the city does is they review the plans, make sure in our city, Gardner, and I think most cities in the Kansas City metro area, in fact, all that I know of, require an engineer stamp and an architect stamp on each plan. Okay. And then um, you stake the lot. It could, uh, and I'm going to kind of blow through <laughs> these pretty quickly. You stake the lot, you excavate, you set up forms, pour the foundation, once the foundation cures, you can start framing. Then you do, uh, once the house is under roof, as we call it, um, you know, um, you start doing rough heating and air, rough electrical and rough plumbing. Um, and at that stage, I know in Gardner where we build, that's one of the stages where the city inspector comes in before you put the insulation up and there's stuff he can't see. So he checks all the electrical and plumbing and heating and air. Then you can insulate, drywall, the trim carpenter comes in, the cabinet guy comes in, then you usually do flooring. Well, th- these, these can kind of go in a, in slightly different orders. I guess the painters usually come in before flooring cause then, you know, they don't have to worry about getting paint on the new floor. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, then they do, um, countertops, finish plumbing, finish electrical. That's all your light fixtures and stuff. And then, um, there's any number of things to come back for, um, uh, 
you know, clean up, touch up, making sure all the doors and windows open and close. Uh, At one time I asked a builder about how many different people work on a house start to finish. And his estimate was around 95. Okay. So this is not you doing all of this. You are no. not all the things you just no. listed. You're not doing that. No, I am not. No. Okay. Yeah, I, get I was confused for a second yeah. there. No. Yeah. I, I wouldn't even know how to run the laser level for the, uh, <laughs> for the excavation. They'd be like, why is my foundation floor like a fun house? Floor? <laughs> <laughs> so I was you're talking about all these great things. I'm like, Joe does a lot of work, but turns out 90 people. Go into this. That's a lot. I mean, just from what I've mentioned, there's excavator, flat work, foundation, framer, plumber, electrician, an insulator, a drywall. The 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 roofer is different than the framer. Even Um, there's the um, uh, yeah. I I know I'm forgetting steps along the way. The landscaper is that a person? Yeah, absolutely. That is landscaper. And you, sometimes even like our sod guy is different than our landscape guy. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. Gotcha. And sometimes it's like the concrete flat work for like the front walk is a different guy than the flat work for the foundation, you know, um, a lot of, okay. So that's yeah. probably why a, a deposit is very important yep. because there's a lot of people spending a lot of time yep. and we want people who are very serious, like putting some skin in the game is this is uh, something that they want to see through. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense for sure. It makes sense. And we, we had one that um, closed about a week ago and, um, you know, we, we need a final certificate of occupancy for somebody to even move in. You know, if the city sees somebody even like bringing a floor lamp without a certificate of occupancy, the builder starts getting like serious fines. Ooh. And so um, the <laughs> the city inspector was coming at three and I was at the house at about 11, 1130 and the construction supervisor is there and it was just a mad dash and I felt so help. You know, you talk about like, what do I do on the house? Well, I felt helpless because I couldn't mm-hmm. do it. So I just said to him, I go, um, can I go get something? He's like, yeah, we need the house numbers. So I ran to Home Depot and got the house numbers. That was my <laughs> contribution. <laughs> I'm building a house, guys. Yeah. Look at me go. Here are the numbers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> can I screw them in? Yeah. <laughs> and like the construction supervisor, this really nice guy, Tanner, I brought him back and I'm like, this is so true. This is true. It, I, I, it's kind of funny, but kind of, I don't know. People be like, that's a dumb story. But uh, I was like, they were out of nines. So I bought two sixes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, just, you know, just know that, you know. And the inspector's like, going to have my ass. <laughs> <laughs> the county is going to deny this <laughs> if they know that. You just turned that six upside down. <laughs> that's great. Uh, oh, my gosh. That's a lot. That's a, quite a process. Yeah. And, um, you know, I mean, I, yeah, I, I, you can just I, I'm impressed that you can just rattle that off from the, from memory on top of your head. You just kind of go. Well, um, I've done enough of them now where people ask, Hey, what's the next stage? What's the next stage? And like, I've got a house right now where, um, we're waiting for the city inspection on the rough plumbing because they have to check and pressurize the gas line to the furnace. And I've told the folks once that's done, it's insulation, then drywall. And, and, you know, so like, that's something that's very front of mind right now. But, uh, um, no, if you asked me to rattle that off, you know, when I first started, I'd be like, well, okay. So the, the thigh bone connects to it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's great. Good information. Hey, good podcast. Good one. That's a good one. You know who would really like this podcast? Ted Koppel. Ted Koppel would like this podcast. 
You're welcome for stopping by. <laughs> How would he say this about the news, this podcast, if he was like introducing the news or signing off on the news? I don't know. Pick one. Signing off? Yeah, signing off. <clears throat> this is Ted Capo for ksrealtyagent.com. Buy a house with them so they stop bothering me. <laughs> <laughs> That's spectacular. I can't even I can't even beat that. I got all I can yeah. say is like, subscribe, share. Joe the Realtor, aka Joe Stevenson. Hey Hail, Joe. Hail Koppel. <laughs> Koppel. Love Koppel. All right. all right, everyone. Thanks for uh listening. Make sure you subscribe and tune in to the next one.